I'm Lillian Vasquez with Lifestyles on KVCR. Thank you for listening. On today's show, I'll speak with Dr. Adrian Lamar Snyder, CEO of the Riverside Area Rape Crisis Center. The Christ Center is celebrating 50 years of service. Dr. Snyder talks about services and advocacy support for survivors and families affected by all forms of sexual violence, including sexual assault, domestic violence, and child abuse. We'll also hear about the center's three-prong approach to prevention, intervention, and client care, and what they're doing to bring awareness to high school students. Locally, Riverside Area Rape Crisis Center hotline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The number to call is 866-686-7273. Now, here's my conversation with Dr. Adrian Lamar Snyder, CEO of the Riverside Area Rape Crisis Center. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Lillian. I appreciate the invitation. So I'm looking forward to hearing more, but please share the history of the center now celebrating 50 years of service and how it first came about. The Riverside Area Rape Crisis Center has proudly served Southwest and Western Riverside County for more than 50 years. 1973 is when the organization started. And the organization started really to, as a way to provide advocacy for women who were victims and survivors of sexual assault and domestic violence. The concept was started in the living room of Ms. Jane Block. That was at a time when many of those conversations about what women were experiencing in their homes was just taboo because it meant shining a spotlight on what was happening with their partners, with their husbands, how these episodes of violence and situations of violence and sexual assault was affecting the entire family. And it was a way to bring women together to really talk about, to show support and to find support and to find strength. There were uh, other avenues that women could go. They could go to the police. They could go to law enforcement. Some injuries may have required uh, a hospital stay, but there were really no networks in place for women to talk about the need for healing. Right. How okay. do they talk about safety? What does safety look like? How do we not expose our children? How do our children not become victims of what they're seeing? Right. How do we and break so the cycle? How do we break the cycle? And that is what this organization started, is to break that cycle of violence and to give women their voice, an opportunity to just come forth and say, I can live free from violence in my own home. I can be free. I don't have to live like this. Share the mission of the center. Yeah, so our mission has evolved, and that's what I'm so proud of with our innovation 50 years later in what we're doing. The Riverside Area Rape Crisis Center provides culturally responsive and inclusive advocacy 
support and services to survivors and their families affected by sexual violence, including sexual assault, domestic violence, and child abuse. And we provide community education to achieve awareness and prevention of sexual violence. All right. Well, let's talk about the three-prong approach that you have there. Tell me about the community education and prevention. What is that? What does it look like? So community education and prevention, we're building safe communities. That's our community education and prevention program. See, what we know is that prevention works. Hmm. Prevention, community education works. And as we build safe communities through our prevention efforts, we know that we need autonomy in our decisions. The way we approach our work is uh, culturally responsive, meaning that we respect people uh, where they are, that the pathways to healing could be multiple pathways to healing. And the more that we provide education and information and resources and prevention, we know that our communities become more sensitive and more understanding to what families are experiencing, the more knowledge they have, and and they are able to utilize different approaches to understanding how families are affected by domestic violence and sexual assault. Well, we know education is power, knowledge is power. What does the education look like? Is it groups coming together? Is it your team going out and lecturing and sharing this information? What does the community education part look like? It's all of the above, Um, Lillian. So we have a community-based approach to our education We provide rape prevention education. It is a curriculum that Mm. um, in part developed by the California Department of Public Health, along with the assistance of many of the rape crisis centers that exist in the state of California. But we have a youth component where we have educated our young people to understand what rape prevention and domestic violence and sexual assault look like and that it is preventable. So when you talk about our um, youth, is that going into mm -hmm. the high schools? Is that talking to Girl Scouts? How are you reaching our youth? We go into schools. We go into community centers. Mm -hmm. We go into community-based agencies. We have uh, developed an online portal for parents. So when there's information that is needed to be shared with parents at these schools, we call them our youth leadership team and power programs. We've been in some of the Riverside schools. We've been in some of the high schools in Moreno Valley. And not just high schools. We start in some of our middle um, schools. Middle schools. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Hmm. And what we know is we are giving our youth, our kids who are so precious, we are giving them information so they are able to articulate no means no. Mm. Uh, No doesn't mean maybe or 
you know, if I like you on an Instagram post, mm. no means no. We help them find their voices. That's but, typically hard at such a young age when they're still trying to find their voices on so many other things. I want to ask you a little bit about the crisis yeah. intervention. What does that look like? Yeah, so our crisis intervention program, it's called our emergency response we are a 24-7, seven-day-a-week organization. That means if someone is in crisis, if there is an incident of violence, you can call our 800 number, which is toll-free, um, and I'll put that out there right now, one 686 we are here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The emergency response is a hotline uh, number that individuals can call, and it is any individual who is a victim or survivor of domestic violence, sexual assault, or child abuse. We provide accompaniment. So if there is any time, one of the most scariest times, again, with survivors is showing up to the hospital for a forensic exam if there is a sexual assault or domestic violence. That is such a it could be such a frightening experience. But our advocates are there. They are at the hospital with our survivors to hold their hand, to be with them, to explain what's going on, and to empower them and help them get through the trauma of, you know, the aftermath of sexual assault or domestic violence. Let me reintroduce my guest is Dr. Adrian Lamar Snyder, CEO of the Riverside Area Rape Crisis Center. Adrian, I want to ask a little bit, when you're doing this crisis intervention and you just indicated that you're 24-7 working there, someone's always there to answer the phone and to help someone through this particular time, do you work closely with the police departments or the sheriff's departments in this endeavor? We could not do this without the help of our law enforcement partners. We provide education and support services to our law enforcement partners, and they mm. provide the protection and the follow-up that our survivors and their families need. Yes. They often transport survivors to the hospital. They are there taking their statements, and they are supporting our survivors and their families. So. Our law enforcement partners, our Riverside Police Department and our Sheriff's Department, they are a wonderful group of individuals. We've met with them personally. I've met with many of them personally. I can say our Riverside Chief of Police, Chief Gonzalez, is such a huge supporter of the Riverside Area Rape Crisis Center. Yes. There's a new SVU unit that has been formed to work with child victims of sexual assault. And these are a group of wonderful individuals who are at the county level, Riverside County, and also 
support our survivors and their families. So you're talking about Riverside. Is there a counterpart in San Bernardino? Because you keep saying Riverside. So do you only serve the Riverside area? And is there a counterpart in San Bernardino County? So there is a counterpart in San Bernardino County, and that's what I love about the RCCs. We call them rape crisis centers. Every county has to have a rape crisis center. So we do have a counterpart, Partners Against Violence, in the San Bernardino area. We work very closely with our partners, and we are a part of a network of rape crisis centers that meet regularly to uh, discuss concerns that we have and make sure that if there are any gaps in services, we can identify those gaps and work as a collective to ensure that victims and survivors and their families have every option available to them that keeps them safe. Okay. We need to take a quick break. When we return, I'll continue my conversation with Dr. Adrian Lamar Snyder, CEO of the Riverside Area Rape Crisis Center. You're listening to Lifestyles. I'm Lillian Vasquez. We'll be right back. If you're just joining us, my guest is Dr. Adrian Lamar Snyder. She's the CEO of the Riverside Area Rape Crisis Center. And before the break, we were talking about a three-pronged approach. So I want to talk about the third part, which is the client care. Tell me what this is. Client care is building child and family resilience. There's a case management component to the work that we do that families need oftentimes much more than the 24-hour hotline call or someone to speak to. They need extended care, young kids that have been exposed to uh, domestic violence or sexual assault. Mm. We have a mental health component where we bring those families in who their kids have experienced sexual assault or been victims of domestic violence, and we provide extended case management. That includes an assessment of what the family needs for resiliency to thrive. And we have a team of mental health practicum students that are with us. They are doctor-level students. Mm. They are MFTs. We have a clinical supervisor that is overseeing the interns, providing the mental health counseling for our families. So there's a full team of assistants there. I want to change it a little bit and ask a little bit about the maybe the special needs population and the center's experience and possible training for those that have special needs, because it doesn't only affect certain people, right? Right. Our program is open to all victims and survivors of sexual violence and trauma. And those populations who experience domestic violence at higher rates, marginalized populations, we have grown to build our capacity to be able to serve special needs populations, identifying 
that, again, the path to healing is very different for me than it is for someone who has a child that has been a victim of sexual assault. I may have been a child victim, but now I'm an adult. My pathway to healing and the services that I need is very different from a 10-year-old and the needs of that family. And so we treat everybody as an individual. We look at the family dynamics and we provide not only the individual counseling, but we provide family counseling, child therapy, and all of those things are a path to healing that our families need to thrive. Right. And are all the services that you provide, are they free to everyone that comes through your center? They're absolutely free of charge. I'd like to talk now about some of the prevention strategies for domestic violence. Is there a, a list of things that we can be thinking of, be conscious of as we hear more about domestic violence? So the one thing that we know, again, about domestic violence, Mm -hmm. that domestic violence is preventable. Okay. We know we can be healed from domestic violence. It's healable. We know that prevention works. We know that prevention strategies of education, understanding domestic violence, what it is, Some of us don't understand what domestic violence is. And I'll give you a case in point. I took a bus load of kids up to a mountain retreat some years ago. And the youth that were on on the bus, we were talking about domestic violence. We kept using the term domestic violence. And the kids were just kind of glossed over in their eyes. And domestic violence, okay. What is that? And so what happens at home when your parents or your guardian is upset with you? Well, they fight, but it doesn't bother me. I'm used to it. So these kids have been exposed to domestic violence. They live through it. They have almost learned to normalize it because they did not understand what it is or what was happening. And so through information and education and resources and wanting to understand why am I being bullied or why am I bullying someone else, when we share what domestic violence looks like and that sexual assault is preventable, well, if I see that, my mom's partner forces themselves on my parent, then I may begin to believe that it's okay. It's acceptable behavior. And those are the cycles. We know that it is a cycle of violence and the cycle can be broken. And it is broken through prevention and education strategies. When you're talking about the strategies, that's kind of pre, it's educating our youth. But when a woman or a man is living in it and going through it, what's the first thing that they might do to get out of it if they're living through it on a day-to-day basis? Reach out to someone. Reach out to a center. 
because we know oftentimes individuals and families who are dealing with domestic violence on a day-to-day basis, they often suffer in silence. Sure. I mean, it's a scary thing if you're living through that and you're, I'm sure you yes. feel paralyzed and not able to to reach out or who to reach out to or what to say and the, the shame right. or the embarrassment of it or a slew of adjectives that would come with something like this. Yeah. Help is available, and that's what we want people to know. Got it. School administrators have access to information. You know, oftentimes if someone is in it, there's an outlet there. It comes through our children who may be acting out in ways that signal something Something needs attention. Got it. Some, we need to identify what's going on. And there is no shame, and that is the thing that the way we approach our work at RARCC. There is no shame. There's no stigma here. There are no judgments here. There, It's a safe place. Right. You have the right to be free in your own home, and that is the bottom line. Got it. And we're here to support those individuals who may not leave the first time because we do know that individuals may take many times to leave. Right. But we are still here to provide that safety net for them and walk them through the process so they are not alone. Let me reintroduce my guest is Dr. Adrienne Lamar Snyder. She is the CEO of the Riverside Area Rape Crisis Center. And Adrienne, in our last couple of minutes together, I wanted to ask, how about your staff? How do you keep your staff engaged and not face burnout as this is some heavy stuff to deal with on a day-to-day basis? It is extremely heavy. We are experiencing some staff turnover right now. There are Funding cuts um, that we are experiencing, VOCA funding cuts, and that's victims of, of crime money that has been cut. And I look at the Riverside Area Rape Crisis Center as a training opportunity for those who want to go out and save the world. This is where they come in as new graduate with graduate degrees, with bachelor's degrees. I want to change the world. I want to do what I can to assist. They come in, they are working with clients, and they may want to go into policy and legislative work. They may want to go into the school systems. So I don't look at RARCC as a place for people to come and stay, but a place to learn exactly what is happening with victims and survivors. It's difficult and that they are learning what they can to be supportive and they are going into county positions or they're going into the school systems. They're going into higher education because we know that sexual assault is an issue on college campuses. And so they're learning, and we don't want them to get just so absorbed in the tertiary trauma and the secondary trauma of providing services for victims and survivors. But take this information, like our 40-hour training, Mm. understanding what case management looks like, 
understanding that we treat the whole person or the whole family, and they can take this information and just go do good in the world. It is about saving our communities, and we cannot do it all just here at Riverside Area Rape Crisis Center. I need for them to go out and make sure individuals know and families know that they have support, and they do not have to go through this alone. Okay. As a center, do you, you know, most nonprofits, things that they're known for is fundraising and volunteers. Do you have volunteers? Do you accept volunteers? And how can volunteers get involved if you do use volunteers? So we do use volunteers. The volunteers, I call them our lifeblood because they come in because they want to help. They have such a genuine desire to see our families healed and whole. So, yes, we're looking for volunteers right now. They can call, again, our toll-free 800 number, or they can call the office. Our office number is 951-AREA-CODE-686-7273. And any individual who needs support or services can call our toll-free line at 1-866-686-7273. And anybody can call. If you have a family member or a friend who is in need of information, please call our toll-free number. Someone is here to respond. Adrian, why is this your passion? Oh, my God. It is. It saved my life. I am a child victim of domestic violence. I saw what happened to my family as my dad came back from the Vietnam War. And this is something that I have taken on to ensure that I will not rest until every woman and girl and individual is safe in their own homes. I do this work day in and day out, and I am not going to stop. And what I realized talking to Ms. Jane Block, that activism does not retire. She is 95 years old and doing great work. (laughs) What a lovely example for us to be doing something at 95. Adrian, thank you so much for your time and how you're serving our community. It's great speaking with you. Thank you so much, Lillian. The phone number for the National Sexual Assault Hotline is 800-656-4673. Locally, Riverside Area Rape Crisis Center Hotline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 866-686-7273. For more information, visit us at kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on today's show. If you have a segment idea, share it with us. We'd love to hear what you're thinking would make a good segment on lifestyles. All you have to do is go to kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on the link that says share your story idea. That's our show for this week. To hear any of our past shows, check out our archives at kvcrnews.org lifestyles. You can listen to Lifestyles on the KVCR app. You can also listen to Lifestyles on your favorite streaming service. Search for Lifestyles with Lillian Vasquez and take the show on the go. Lifestyles is on Facebook and Instagram. 
Thanks to all who helped to make this show possible, including Sharina Wad, David Fleming, Sean Houlihan, and executive producer Rick Dulock. Our theme music is provided by Ethan Bortnick. Join me next week at the same time for Lifestyles with me, Lillian Vasquez. Bye for now. Bye for now.